and welcome back to Ready, Set, Review, your favorite fucking podcast for movies, music, comics, and culture. I am Matt. And I'm Anthony. And we are here to talk to you today about a very, very serious subject. A subject that we have dubbed the DC Disaster. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so, I mean, we're just going to get right into it because there's so yeah. much to talk about. There, there and, really is a lot here. And, it, and it, you know, it's, we, we're no stranger to talking about the shenanigans that happen at DC. Yeah. And every week I feel like we have something new to discuss. But yeah. literally just in the last, like, not even the last week, the last, like, three days, yeah. there has just been... News after news after news, shit show after shit show after shit show coming out of the DCEU. And I feel like every single time that we talk about something, the very next week, it's already changed. It's seriously, seriously. <laughs> and we'll, okay, we're not going to start with that. We'll get into that because there is one that we literally just yeah. talked about. Two, actually. Two yeah. we literally just talked about last two, week. Two main things that we talked about, we were excited about. And it's already gone. It's already gone. I oh, mean, so well. let's, let's just get the easy news out of the way. And this one, again, we saw coming a mile away with everything else happening in the DCU. Yeah. It was officially announced two days ago that uh, Ray Fisher, the actor who played Cyborg in Justice League, is officially out as Cyborg and the solo Cyborg movie is not happening, which, again, we're not really that surprised by it. No, not at all. Nor do we care. Not not only am I not surprised, but, it, you know, and I feel really bad for Ray Fisher because I think that he had wanted this to be a big role for him. I think that he wanted this to be, like, a big jumping-off point. I mean, you know, he's in Justice League. Cyborg is a major character, right? And... All of a sudden, and he was just so bad. It was just, and yeah. it wasn't his fault. Exactly. It was, just, it was the whole movie itself was just so bad, and and the directing was so bad, and the way that the reshoots were so bad, and it was just, it took this, what could have been a really interesting character, and it made it just awful, right? And, like, it made it almost to be, like, like he had the light in his chest, but then uh. they overly did it. They extra CGI'd him like after the fact because it didn't look good enough, right? And it just it just didn't work. And poor guy, right? Like I really feel, you know, for the actor himself who tried to play this part because uh sorry man. Yeah. Because I mean, that's probably it for him. I would be very surprised no, to yeah. see him come back in any other role. No, ever. he's 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 totally done in the DC universe. He's not coming back. Um, and, and you know, frankly, hopefully, I, I don't want them to bring back Cyborg at all in the DCU, especially considering how good Cyborg has been on Doom Patrol. Right, in Doom Patrol. Um, right. And and yeah, and I totally agree. I really think that he, you know, uh, Ray Fisher put his, as much effort as he could into it and you know he just had a he had a shit script and yeah. a shit director uh, yeah. to work with and and I, and I love you brought up the CGI point because the CGI cyborg's CGI is for me like the epitome of what is wrong with Hollywood CGI and action movies because yeah when I saw cyborg CGI that like that like uh, rugged kind of clunky looking metal that over stylized almost it reminded me of the bad uh, rendering of of the Transformers the Michael Bay movies yep and it definitely. really also reminded me of like you see you've seen so many movies that have giant robots in them lately and they all kind of look the same like 
Edge of Tomorrow is it was guilty of that for their CGI with their monsters. That god awful movie Battleship. Uh, um, which Edge of Tomorrow. Was, Edge of Tomorrow. I'll forgive because I actually think Edge of Tomorrow actually had semi decent CGI, especially with like the the mech suits and everything. Well, but they're yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. The aliens themselves looked not great. Yeah, and, and I thought Edge of Tomorrow was a great movie. And I don't yeah. necessarily mean the the um, like the CGI itself. Like I think it looked. Fine. I just mean like the overall design. So, so I guess my let me let me rephrase. It's just it. too much. I guess yeah. I guess I guess my done. complaint is not the the CGI itself. It's the way they designed Cyborg to look because he didn't yeah. look like a cyborg. He looked like a, a a guy wearing a suit made out of diamond with a red light in his chest. Yeah. Like it was just so dumb looking. Yeah, and it just it didn't make sense. Whereas like in the comic books, there's a large part of Cyborg that is still human. Whereas this, it was literally like half his face was human, and that yeah. was about it. It was it was almost like RoboCop, exactly, right? But without being the the I don't know, I, I, you know, schlock of RoboCop. Yeah, I mean, just know? like for me, it's like just like take a cue from the real world a little bit, where it's like if you're expecting something to be made out of interconnecting pieces of metal, whether it's futuristic or not, it just looks better when it's like you can see like like look at the way Alita was done. Like when you looked right. at Alita's body. Right. There was like full solid plates of metal connected at like the seams and at the yeah. joints, like and it made her look like an actual robot. Yeah, you know, like, even like like the way like the Gundams are designed, like their design makes them actually look like robots. Where like I said, Cyborg looked like he was chiseled like hammered steel at with a red light in his chest, and it was just so dumb. You know what it looked like? If there's a movie on Netflix right now called Transmorphers. Right, oh, and in fact, there's a God. series of these Transmorpher movies, and it reminds me of like the GoBots back when we yep. were kids. Yep. It's like the Kmart version of Literally. Transformers, and that's what the CGI looked like. It looked like the Transmorphers. It just looked like it looked like something you'd see in like like a, a, a Showtime movie, like a, a like a, a Showtime skin flick. Exactly. Right? Like it just just didn't look good. <laughs> and then just the lines that he had, the booyah. Yeah, at right. The and uh, this was booyah. And it was just like, you know, the, the <laughs> biggest so the biggest crime, like for Cyborg too, is again, like I said, he his character his character literally felt like an afterthought yeah. in the writing process. Like he was just, you know, he was again, like like every other character, ham-fistedly thrown into Batman versus Superman with that ridiculous scene where Lex Luthor was like keeping track of metahumans. That was right. such a, an absurd scene. Right. And then and then his characters, and again, th there's never anything wrong sometimes with just throwing a character in there like that. But when you're when you're and when it's a main character and and they, in theory, should have a really crucial uh, element to tell to the story. His story would just fell by the wayside because what they should have done was introduce Cyborg in his own movie way before this and have him already have like mastered his powers yeah. to have him like actually because he was just guessing his way through the entire movie yeah. which is fine for a solo movie because yeah. I think that's what they're going to do with Shazam but to have this main character guess his way through his powers the entire movie it just made him feel like an afterthought like he was there almost for like comedic relief like when they yeah. when, when Superman came back to life and the and the mother box, you know, goes to fire on him. Oh, I, I can't control it. Like it was almost comical. Was, Ooh, what am I doing? It was like so ridiculous. It was just so dumb. The fact that he was created by the mother box and the mother box <laughs> and the donuts. Uh, you know, like it's just 
like it just didn't work. It just mm-hmm. didn't work. And the and again, you know, going back to like the actor himself. I mean, he was supposed to have a solo movie. You know, this is you know you're talking about millions of dollars worth of revenue that is going to be paid to an actor that he's thinking and anticipating for years. For years, he's thinking this is coming in, and then now the carpet gets just taken, <laughs> yeah, just gets taken out from under him. And uh, wow, wow, done for. As, as somebody who works in the uh, in the sales industry, uh, when you have a deal that turns flat on you after something that you're anticipating for so long i don't know if there's a worse feeling in the world yeah and we and like we said we we saw this coming because just to remind you all we've been saying for months now that the dc universe is being secretly or at this point not so secretly rebooted not so secretly now just like wash away the first few movies and keep the stuff that's good so like to be clear Wonder Woman as Gal, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman yep. and Jason Momoa as Aquaman. They are not yep. going anywhere. They are going to fit into this new universe. Will it be as interconnected as they originally set out to be? Maybe, maybe not. That remains to be seen. Yeah. But you know, the, so the other news, the, this, so the, oh man, so the Ray Fisher cyborg news. We saw that coming a mile away. This news again. Literally just talked about this last week, or the the episode before, uh, about Ezra Miller and the interview where he talked about how The Flash was going to be uh, a story focused on the multiverse. And just to give you guys, in case you you are forgetting, remember, The Flash movie was greenlit almost four years ago at this point, um, even before Justice League was made. It was greenlit a long time ago. Ezra Miller has always been attached to it. Um, They've cycled through, I want to say... Five writers and or directors for this movie. People yeah. have come and gone from this movie like a revolving door. Last year, they finally settled on a pair of directors, um, and, and everybody feels that it's the right choice for the movie. They've been hard at work on the script. Ezra Miller just did that interview. Yep. And last week, or two days ago, three days ago, this story comes out that Ezra Miller, and the headline is the headline is this, Ezra Miller is writing his own version of the Flash script with comics author Grant Morrison in an attempt to save his job. Yeah. So, what the fuck? Now, <laughs> we've, we've said it many times over the episodes that the two worst characters that we thought in, uh, in Justice League were both Cyborg and the Flash. Like, I, there are people out there who really liked Ezra Miller's take on the Flash. Me, personally... I hated it. I Second. thought it, I, I thought it was terrible. I, I thought it would, it didn't fit. I didn't he didn't fit the character. I didn't like his jokes. I didn't like the way that he acted. Right. And not only was his movie greenlit, but there was an entire um, you know almost like like big crossover movie, the Flashpoint, that was supposed to take place as well. Yep. Right. That has been talked about for years now because it is arguably one of the best storylines. Uh, that that DC has ever written. And then we got even more hyped about it when we were right. talking last week when Ezra Miller said in the interview, it's going to be a story that focuses on the multiverse. We were like, great, Flashpoint. Right, and, and now all of a sudden we're going to get Flashpoint. And it literally now seems that Ezra Miller is trying to write a story and write a script to essentially save his career as the Flash and save his career as uh, in, in this universe, which, so- I mean... Like, again, for an actor, you know, you're talking about millions and millions of dollars worth of revenue. But for for us as consumers and as the fan base, 
I don't. I I I hope he fails. Well, I mean, you know? before and I don't. I don't want him to succeed because I don't think it's going to be a good movie, and I don't. I don't like him as the Flash. You see, but before we even talk about whether or not it's going to succeed, we have to address the elephant in the room. At what point did his job as the Flash? become in danger because like i said they've cycled through five or six directors and writers in this movie but every report that we've ever read about the development of this movie always ends with ezra miller still attached to play the flash right at no point in time has any outlet reported that his job was in jeopardy right so like where the fuck is this coming from? Yeah, I have. I no, have no idea. I have no idea. And you know what? Like, it, and again, he's it's break glass in case of emergency. Grant Miller, um, or excuse me, Grant Morrison is one of the absolute best comic book writers. You know, arguably, you know, he's one of the greats, right? He's he's one of the great comic book writers of all time, and he's he's being tapped to write this story, and it's I I'm willing to bet that they're going to try and just you know pull the Pull the plug and, and say or not pull the plug but but you know break that glass and and just try and go for that flashpoint story and you just you can't do it yet it doesn't it's not there yet but see who's but see but that's I'm still confused though because who is they because everything else they keep on saying is that the the directors that they've hired to do this movie they're already like balls deep into a script and it's reportedly almost done so why is Ezra Miller like, is he doing this? Did WB tell him to do this? I, I think that there is way more to this story that we have yet to hear yet. Because oh, yeah. for this to come out just out of the blue like yeah. this, there has to be some seriously fucked up shit going on behind the scenes yeah. with the Flash movie. Yeah. Like, come on. It just seems it just seems that, like, as excited as we get and all the positivity, it just seems like every step forward that we're taking, we're taking two steps back. That's why right? it's the DC disaster. And it is the DC disaster, <laughs> man. It is a disaster. Disaster of a universe. It's been disasters of movies, right? Like, like going just down in history as going to be like this is going to be like Batman and Robin, except for an entire universe yeah. of movies, right? Like, like hundreds of millions of dollars have yeah. been spent on these just awful disasters of movies, and it just seems like, like how could they get it so wrong? Like, how could they do it? How could they not see it coming, right? You know, is it is it too many cooks in the kitchen, right? Is there not enough? Is there is there no point where there's, like, you know, one person who is, is taking the full control and the buck stops here, I right? Will. Yep. You know, is it is it that thing? Or is it something like, is it just, you know, there's just too much, uh, just too much chaos? I have no idea. So it's two, it's two reasons. A, it's WB was, was so determined to catch up to Marvel um, when they when when they announced Man of Steel um, and or I'm sorry when they when after Man of Steel yeah, came Batman out Batman versus Superman right they were so determined to catch because up Man to of Marvel Steel did well right well let, let's define well Man of Steel did okay both critically and at the box right, office right and the first mistake that DC made was to take that not questionable because it was successful but you know let's call it marginal success of that movie and place all of the creative control of the entire universe with Zack Snyder because a lot of people forget Zack Snyder while in not so much in position the same way Kevin Feige is like the head of Marvel Studios Kevin Feige oversees the creative direction of the entire MCU that was Zack Snyder's role WB gave him that control 
And they thought they were making the right decision based off of Man of Steel, which I would yeah. argue that it was not correct because you're basing it off of literally one movie that wasn't yeah. even that well received. Yep. And then by the time that Batman vs. Superman came out and all those shenanigans started happening about that, remember, they had already started filming Justice League when Batman versus Superman yeah, came, came out. out. So at right. that point, then DC just, you know, they were pot committed and they didn't want to, you know, my opinion is they didn't want to like admit that they were wrong, more or less. They're like, we're just going to fucking plow ahead. And that's why Wonder Woman, we yeah. talked about this, you know, the Ready Set Review was not around when Wonder Woman came out, but Anthony and I talked about it and we both said that Wonder Woman was both the best. And worst thing to happen to the DCU at that oh, time. Oh, absolutely. Because at that time, it came out after Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad was another, you know, again, successful at the box office, but most people did not like. And it was sort of, you know, the rumor was if Wonder Woman tanks as bad as, like, you know, a Batman versus Superman did uh, critically, that they were just going to scrap the entire universe. Yeah. But, you know, again... Good for them that Wonder Woman was as successful as it was, yeah. but also bad for them because it made them feel like, oh, no, wait, we are actually on the right track, and then we got Justice League. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, and, and it's a lot of things was, went wrong. And it was just already too late, and, yeah. and they tried to grab at straws, and they were like, hey, Joss Whedon did a great job on Avengers. Maybe he can come back in and, like— he just he he made it so stupid that yeah. it's almost it, it was almost like sabotage, right? Like he just like, like the whole thing just was just ruined. Right? I mean, and I, and I still like like I said, I still like the uh, the the way he did Superman in Justice League. It was like kind of one of the only things I liked about it because there, he yeah, made Superman a little bit cheesier, a little yeah. bit you know. I mean, got he gave him a a lighter colored suit like god forbid he didn't have a gray gray color tone you know palette um but speaking of speaking of gray the other thing i want to talk about this ezra miller thing is that um he also ezra miller also said that he wants the script his script that he's writing he wants it to be dark which if you're doing flashpoint i understand but if you look at the way he played his own character in (laughs) justice league not even in just the whedon (laughs) scenes in the entire like what part of that character was dark in any way shape or form like he was the comic relief the pro- and that was the problem because it was just so ham-fisted and it was not done right so maybe that's why he wants to make it dark because he felt he wasn't done justice in and like isn't justice that, league isn't no, that the just. problem like we've had too many dark and brooding dc things that have come out like do you see? Oh no, it's going to be good because it's going to be dark and brooding, and it'll be different than everything else. No, that's literally exactly what you've tried to do yeah. with every other thing that's out there, and it's hard. And if you make every horrible. single character on your roster dark and brooding, it's not different. It's the same. Like every single character exactly can't be dark and brooding. Right. Not <laughs> everyone can be Batman. Yeah. Right? You you have Batman because he's the opposite of most superheroes. Yeah. Most superheroes are light and and comical and funny and they're the hero. They're the ha 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 by golly, you know, which is what Shazam is gonna be. Yep. Now again, now that's and this raises an interesting question. Is Shazam going to be that same problem as Wonder Woman? Is this going to then give hope? Because I think the Shazam movie is going to be great. Is this going to give hope to fans out there for the DC Universe and in order to make it good and make this movie actually something and and tolerable and 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 something that we want to see more of, but then 
have so, the next movie be terrible? So I think oh, I it know. will. I think it will. But that's okay because, remember, the DC Universe, this actually goes perfectly into our next topic. So we've been saying for a while, you know, that we have this conspiracy theory that the DC Universe has been quietly rebooting it. Yeah, quietly. Um, quietly but rebooting. some of the latest news around Suicide Squad 2, which again, <laughs> literally just changed from last week... It appears that they are – I think DC is, is slowly starting to shed any um, uh, any veils uh, they have here and They're coming out to shed their fact, Snyder. Yeah, like it shed is – Shed the Snyder. The, the DC universe is getting rebooted hard. It is no longer yeah. going to be a soft reboot. Shazam is going to have like, – like I said, you know, we saw the Batman thing. You know, yep. uh, There's rumors of some kind of Superman cameo. There's going to be some thinly veiled references to the old DC universe. But James Gunn – I'm sorry, news came out this week about Suicide Squad 2. We talked last week about how there's a new cast of characters. It's going to be a soft reboot. And now they came out this week and they were like, oh, yeah, no, just kidding. It's a hard reboot. Yeah, Suicide Squad 1 on basically hard, never happened. Yeah, so Suicide Squad number one never happened. Which, which good. <laughs> which, I'm, I'm, well, good and bad, right? Because, again, now we've seen Warner Brothers and DC Comics try and do this exact thing and reboot a series where it was a continuation from something that was successful, right? right. And that was Superman Returns, right? Superman Returns was supposed to take place instead of following three and four, yep. it was supposed to, you're just supposed to forget about three and four. And after Superman two, that's where Superman Returns comes in. Right. And what happened with that? It was an <laughs> awful movie. It never got any kind of continuation. It was such a mess, right? There was a Superman son storyline, which, which again, again, something, so something that they could do that would be cool, right? Is if they did a multiverse later on, maybe bring in Brandon Ruth as Superman, just as like, maybe just, maybe just for, for shits and giggles, just to fucking kill him. Yeah. You know, like, hey, we want to kill Superman, right? Because it's cool to kill Superman. Great. <laughs> kill off a Superman that we don't like. Right, yeah. like, like, let's get the multiverse in here. Let's get Brandon Ruth. You get the big surprise, the big pop out of the crowd, right? That surprise return, and then bam, you fucking kill him. See, now, <laughs> I'm not gonna, that would be amazing. See, now, I'm not gonna lie. I I did not like Superman Returns on a whole, but I really like Brandon Ruth as Superman. I thought he did a great job just capturing that cheesiness that you expect out of Superman. And, like, come on. That scene where he rescues the plane, yeah. that was one of the coolest the, scenes, the, coolest Superman scenes ever put to film. The airplane scene and the scene where uh, the robbers that have the gap yeah. gun on top of the building and then he gets shot in the eyeball. Yeah. Right? Like, that was all Both cool. of those scenes were really great, okay? Everything else, none of it made yeah, sense. Yeah, no, totally great. None of it was good. The super, right? the Superman son storyline was yeah, retarded. Was, it was really dumb. And the, really dumb. the whole and like, I'm, and I'm sorry, Kate Bosworth is like not a good actress. She was a terrible choice no. to play Lois Lane. And James Marsden as the the love interest, right? Which that's my that's one of my favorite behind the scenes story. <laughs> like, so James like he left X Men Three in order to be in this movie because he thought it was going to be a better role. Which is why he got killed like such a little bitch in X Men Three. Yep. Like he just yep. got fucking. <laughs> And Which, then, again, that was really cool that they killed him off, and it was yeah. like, very exciting, and they did the same thing with Professor Xavier right. in that movie, right? But And not for nothing, I yeah. I liked like like Kevin Pedos Spacey as uh, Lex Luthor. Oh, man. Poor Kevin Pedos. 
Well, I guess you can't really say poor Kevin. Beto's. Yeah, poor what? No. <laughs> Kevin Spacey. Man, I oh, I was a big Kevin Spacey fan. And yeah, man. Now I'm just not allowed to be a Kevin Spacey fan. I know, we're not Spacey allowed to be a Kevin Spacey fan. No, um, no, because he literally is uh, he's, he is a Pizzagate guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, no, totally. whatever, whatever you want to think. But the guy is not... Uh, not uh, not really a great person. <laughs> so, mm, so yeah. So so Suicide Squad two is now apparently going to be a hard reboot. Console de Cesson. Yeah, <laughs> console de Cesson. So we're waiting. <laughs> Uh, for those of you Barstool fans out right? there. <laughs> so now here's the news I'm waiting for now. Because, again, like trying to – I need like a, a fucking like, uh, a spreadsheet to keep track of all of this. I know. So we talked about how the rumor was Margot, Margot Robbie was not going to return as Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad 2. But then, then she was. was confirmed that she was. Then she was. That was back when it was a soft reboot. Now that it's a hard reboot and Birds of Prey is 100% happening. With Margot Robbie. Right. She's 100% in that movie. Is she going to now be part of this hard reboot for Suicide Squad? I... I don't know. I, I, I honestly, like, I want to say yes, but the way the news is going, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes out comes out tomorrow. And, oh, by the way, Margot Robbie also not in the movie anymore. And maybe <laughs> the way to think about it is like a multiverse, right? Yeah. Like, is is this instead of it all being in one universe, which is what they seemingly want to get away from, having it be interconnected and all be one universe, yeah. right? Rather than that being that way, is. Birds of Prey going to be linked to the first Suicide Squad movie because Margot Robbie is in it. Yes, no, does it need to be? Probably not. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Doesn't matter. Not really. Yeah, not really. That doesn't really matter at all. No, doesn't no. matter at all. Although I think it would be cool if they did have, if it was like they leave uh, Birds of Prey in the current universe for the the dc right and they have it be sort of like a spin-off from suicide squad right yeah and maybe we got like a, a cameo scene by jeremy irons right or even just a cameo scene by ben affleck right, right? like just and he doesn't have to don the the cape and cowl just maybe have a scene with just like a picture in a newspaper with with ben affleck there as bruce wayne right and and that way you connect that but then it doesn't have to be everything is in the same universe just that is in the same universe, yeah, right? I mean, multiverse is the only way to really save the DC universe because, again, like we said, they can't they can't walk away from Wonder Woman or Aquaman. They were just too successful. They can't walk away from those. Um, we're waiting to see on Shazam. We think it's going to be great, but they out. I mean, they already have walked away from Ben Affleck. And they were right. they are most likely going to walk away from Henry Cavill. They've right. walked away from Ray Fisher. Apparently, they're considering apparently walking away from Ezra Miller. It's like. Who the fuck knows? Who knows? At the end of the day. Who knows? And it, it's all just a bunch of fucking shenanigans, and we love every minute of I, it. It's just – it's really delicious. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just, waiting – It's such a train wreck that it's just like – like, I, you know, I almost don't even want to talk about any news for DC anymore because it's like, well, tomorrow, who yeah. knows? It could change completely. I want I – want, I, want I want like five years from now, I want a documentary – done in the same way that like the death of Superman lives was made that just oh, talks man. about all of these shenanigans and actually like finds out what was oh, really happening the behind the scenes yeah. and all the fucking bullshit because it's all complete bullshit. Like none right. of this stuff is. And, and, and so, okay, so furthermore to the reboot theory, you know, 
Batman now, so we already knew that Batman, the Matt Reeves directed Batman, was going to feature a younger Batman. Right. We didn't know exactly what that meant in the context. Right. So before we say this, let's remind everybody that Wonder Woman, which is 100% being reshot, and if you don't think so, you're crazy. Yeah. That takes place in 1984. Yep. The... Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix takes also, place sometimes in the 80s. Yeah, sometime in the 80s The as well. Batman movie has now been confirmed, and we'll say confirmed with air quote, quotes. Yeah, quote unquote, yeah. To take place in the 90s, the 90s. with this new younger Batman. Right. So... So... Like, reboot. <laughs> yeah, so, like, and like, are they trying to do these period pieces because they, they see Marvel doing it because Captain Marvel was done with a part of it in the 90s? Right, like, and nostalgia is big right now. And it's all like, part of the reboot conspiracy, man. I'm telling you, man. It's just, it, but it doesn't make sense. Like, it just, it's so all over the place, and it's just so convoluted that you just, in like, once we get Shazam, I think that, I think that it'll give us like a little bit of a better picture. But even with Shazam, I don't think, I, I, I don't think it's gonna be good. Like. Like, if they did Shazam, now, they have a real potential with Shazam, and if it's really good, they can create an entire universe, and they can actually segregate all of the different, you know, sort of worlds, right? Right. Whereas Shazam is all based around magic, so you could have all of the mystics, right? Where you could have characters like the demon, right? Etrigan the demon, and you could have um, all of these other, like, mystic characters, like, um, um, uh, uh... You know what? what um, uh, 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 I'm sorry. What was it? Today, Junior. Whatever. I'm trying to think of the the uh, Constantine. Thank you. I was trying to think of the the Keanu Reeves movie that they did. John Constantine. I love Constantine. Right. It was a good movie. Right. And the, but they could bring Constantine into this movie. Shit. Keanu Reeves could even play it. And boom. Now you've got Constantine into the new universe. Right. And now you connect this this multiverse. Right. And then you have one big movie right which is like a crisis on infinite earths yeah you murder off everyone murder off all the other earths only pick and choose what's good and then you create your universe out of that boom dc once again you're welcome you're welcome we just <laughs> but, made you a billion dollars but you're, you're forgetting the most critical part of this argument oh dc has no fucking clue what they're doing and if you needed any more proof of the fuckery going on at yeah, DC. Yeah, speaking, fuckery. Fuckery is a great way to put it, Matt. That is an excellent term. <laughs> just what a what an absolute uh, fuck fest of a movie. Literal. And, and literal. Fest. And and speaking yeah. of speaking of, <laughs> hey, maybe here's a clue to why they are uh, just out of sorts. Uh. uh uh, their CEO, the Warner Brothers CEO, has come out and has has resigned as CEO because of a sex scandal. Um, so good, so fucking so good. For, I for love this story. This is just, I mean, it's just, it makes so much sense. So Kevin, uh, now I'm gonna definitely mispronounce his name, but is it it's Sujihara? I'm gonna go with Sujihara. Sujihara, yeah. yeah. So Kevin Sujihara who is the, the CEO or was the CEO <laughs> of, uh, of Warner Brothers, is now stepped down amongst a sex scandal because he came out and there were text messages released going all the way back to 2013 God. Uh, saying that he promised 
a actress by the name of Charlotte Kirk uh, parts in movies in exchange for sexual favors. And it's the most ridiculous sex scandal ever because it it unfolds like such a classic Hollywood executive actress sex scandal. And my favorite part about it is the fact that when uh, – because there were like the, the, the Hollywood reporter reported on this and they, yeah. there were – hundreds upon thousands of text messages that they had uh, access to um, between not only Charlotte Kirk and Suji Hara, but the best part of this was that when it got a little too hot for Suji Hara, and I don't mean like sex hot, I mean yeah. like the like you know the heat, like the police heat, not like the cops were asking, but you know what I mean. It got yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, he started to realize it could be a problem for him. Yeah, he, he basically fucking pawned this actress off onto Brett Ratner yeah. of all people yes. to like handle yeah. her. Here, do something with her. Here, here. And then the messages between her and Brett Ratner are so fucking good. Now, I'm, I'm, I, I have to admit, I'm not as familiar with Charlotte Kirk as I could be. I haven't really seen a lot of things that she's done. Well, she's done like five things. She, she wasn't getting any parts. All those blowies weren't doing her any good. Well, you know what's funny is that she reminds me of an actress that would be in an Andy Sidarkis movie, right? <laughs> Andy Sidarkis was, was a director in the 80s and 90s who did all of these like cheesy like exploitation films, yeah. right? Like all these like, like he did Malibu Express and he did yeah. um, He's like these, Sam from yeah, he feels yeah. like the kind of actors that Sam yeah, would he did cast. Savage like, Beach, yeah. you know, and it was just like, and he's just he does these like almost like cheesy like B sex kind of action movies, yep. right? Yep. And they're just so cheesy and terrible. But she looks like an actress who would be in one of those movies. I know, right? It's and like, that's oh, probably why he couldn't put her in a good movie because. She's not a good actress. Yeah, I mean, I look. I don't know. I, I haven't seen her act. I, you know, I you know, and I feel bad about saying that. Not really, but like, come on, like, come on. Yeah, like, it just see like you're the CEO of Warner Brothers. Like, a you gotta know better. Yeah, right, and b. You gotta know better. You gotta know better. <laughs> like, and like, it's just absolutely ridiculous. I just and it, and it's just so hilarious to me that like she thought. I mean, and, and this this whole thing started before Me Too, you know, and, and that whole thing. Right, it goes all the way back to 2013. But, like, on what planet did she actually think, like, this was going to work? Like, even well, before Me Too, actresses had long since passed the era of the stereotype of sleeping their way to the top. Like, well, that hadn't well, happened. Well, well, well. Oh, or what? is okay, it? Okay, tell me or, who. No, I'm not saying that they have. I'm absolutely not saying that they have, and I'm definitely not going to name names or say anything like that, <laughs> right? Sex is misogynist pig. <laughs> well, I know. But, like, or is this something like the whole celebrity college scandal? Right? Oh, Whereas, yeah. Like, when the celebrity college scandal happened, what, what was the first thing that you and I said to each other? What, what, is that a surprise? Yeah. Hasn't this been happening for years? Yep. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm a rich person. I'm going to donate a library to this college. And, oh, okay. And because I donate a library to the college, my kid's going to get in. It's been happening literally for years and years and years and years, right? Like, how is this a surprise to anyone? Like, a shock. I am shocked that there were celebrities who were paying people to get 
get their 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 kids undeservingly in advantages, right? Exactly. And get them into college, right? I'm not shocked about that. I'm not shocked that there are actresses who willingly will willingly. I'm not talking about like our force. I'm talking about willingly. Uh, offer themselves and offer, you know, favors sexually or otherwise, right, to be placed in parts, in movies. I think it's something that's been happening for years and years, if not decades and decades and decades. Does it make it right? Absolutely not, right? But it's been something that's been happening for fucking ever. And right? I totally agree with you. And the what I'm saying is that I think that she's an idiot for believing that this was going to lead her to like the kind of fame and success I think she thought it was because uh, the one or, or has it has it well, worked? It's a or, different kind of fame or, and well, success. So yeah. what, or has it worked for some other people that we may not know about? Well, right? Has it worked for people that that maybe they haven't come out? Like now, here's the thing too: is that Charlotte Kirk is actually. She's really upset that this whole thing came out, that yeah. this whole thing got released. Like she didn't want this. So this is this is actually something where like she was really mad that this whole story got leaked. Right. Like she didn't want this at all. Like like at first like it was something that she had threatened and then all of a sudden it got leaked and then she was really upset and she didn't want this story to come out, right? Because like at the end of the day, it doesn't really it's not like a hashtag me too. Yeah. Right? This is this is something that she willingly, knowingly did, right? And and knowingly did on purpose. Which I'm right? honestly surprised the Me Too people haven't taken a hold of this yet. Right, which and, and you know what? When it's millions of dollars on the line, listen, like again, you know, I, I'm in the sales industry. There, you know, uh, you know, there, there's there's, you know, a, a lot of like, you know, you do anything to get a deal in, right? You know, sometimes, right? But like, you know, and on yep. that on that note, you know, I'm not going to offer sexual favors, right? But, um, you know, if somebody... Why not? Well, you know, I can't say that because I've never <laughs> been presented with that opportunity that if some female CEO came to me and was like, yo, let me ride your face for a million dollars, I can't be, I can't say outwardly that I would be like, Nah, yo, I don't believe in that, and that's. Yeah, I would one hundred percent. I mean, I would one hundred percent allow that. Man, you for a million dollars, what are you gonna do? And and rich and fame, and this is gonna put you into a next 100% movie. One hundred percent allow so, that. So like, I actually sympathize with her on one sense because like you know this wasn't something. This wasn't what she intended. You know, here's somebody who she wanted to get into this life, and she really didn't have the ability. And not unlike the the kids, right? Right, the kids in the college scandal, right? who were not smart enough to get into these schools, who were not talented enough to get into these schools, right? Yep. They just wanted to have a better education, knowing that that better education would lead them into better places in life, right? Or, or well, something unless, like that. Unless you were Lori Loughlin's daughter, because she just apparently wanted to go to USC for the parties yeah, and the Yeah, for games. parties. She literally came out and said that she didn't <laughs> want to do She didn't want to do any schoolwork. And she's, you know, she's an Instagram influencer, <laughs> which is also... Who just lost all of her deals, which yeah. is hilarious. Which is great. I'm so, I'm so happy. So happy. So happy. So happy. That. But at the same time, right, you know, there's something to be said about a parent who loves their child and is willing to do anything that they can to help their child get that leg up, you know, and whether that's whether that's, you know, like I know plenty of parents out there who will do things, pay off their kids loans, right, where I know a lot of people who are there stuck with their college loans and they're paying it off themselves through hard work and hard yep. labor, right? And they're the ones who are stuck with hundreds of thousands of dollars of college debt, right? And they're the ones who are stuck paying it off, 
right? And whereas others, I know where they have wealthy parents and their parents are like, yeah, you know, just do whatever you want. Uh, oh, I'm going to buy you a brand new Mercedes for your birthday. I'm going to pay off all your college loans. I'm going to do whatever you want, right? I'm going to get you into any company, right? Because it happens in the corporate world too. You can't say that it doesn't. De nepotism happens just as much, if not more, in, in Fortune 500s and the corporate world oh, than yeah. it does in, in anything else. It's or just as much. It is rampant in the corporate world. So, like, like here's the thing where they're, they're trying to do anything that they can to get ahead in this world, right? And they're trying to take, you know, quote unquote, unfair advantages, right? Which they are, right? But the look, life isn't fair, and yeah. that is what makes life fair, right? Is that life isn't fair, it's not gonna be fair to everybody, right? Everybody's, you gotta go out there, try and find your niche, work your butt off, be the hardest worker in the room, and right? And that's the only way that regular people can get those advantages above the, the, the quote unquote privileged. Right. And but like at the same time, you have to sympathize with like a parent who wants to do anything that they can to help see their child succeed. See, I only sympathize with some of those parents because I think that the majority of them, at least as it relates to this scandal, because we've all known those parents where it's like, where do you want to go to college? Oh, I want to go to Penn State. No, fuck that. You're going to my alma mater. Yeah. I want to go to your alma mater. No, well, you're going you're to my going alma to mater. Mine. You're like, going to mine. So I feel like a lot of the parents involved, again, this is just my speculation. Yeah, Because sure. I've known 100%. parents like that. 100%. That, we both know parents yeah. like that. And I, I think a lot of those parents were less concerned about with making, like, wanting their children to succeed and less and more concerned with wanting their children to, to succeed the way they saw success. Right. You know, and right. like to them, success is you've got to go to Yale, you've got to go to Harvard. Whereas, right. you know, to guys like me and you, success is, well, I just got a college education and got a job, so I'm good, you know? Like, yeah. So yeah. It, it's different for people like that. Um, and, you know, yeah. in some cases, I feel, I would say it's really fair to feel bad for the kids. In the case of people like Lori Lachlan's daughter, fuck them. But you know yeah, what else I, I think is hilarious? Her at all. I'm at all. a fan of these kids. I'm a fan of these kids. That um, I forget what school so she still it was. has I think, a trust fund. I think it was uh, I think it was Stanford. Um, that there's there's a group of kids that are suing schools like Stanford and Yale over this scandal. Oh yeah, by saying that they're because they're saying that their degrees are now devalued because of this. And I'm like, yeah, way to earn your education. That's a brilliant fucking move. Great. That is so fucking brilliant yeah. on their part yeah. to make that argument and sue those schools. Good for you guys. No, no. However, how many of those students that are going to Stanford and those places, right? Are they really a part of that privileged crowd, right? Yeah, where where they're not they're not paying their own way, yeah, right? No, of course not. You know, some of them might be, yeah, right? No, I, you know, I don't know. Are. I can't say. I don't have any primary knowledge there. No. But but some of them might be. But you know, some of them might not be. And yeah. you know, oh, my dad's a lawyer. My dad will sue you. You know, how many how many of those douchebag bros have you seen out there? <laughs> oh, my dad's a lawyer. My dad, my dad, my daddy. My, my dad owns a car dealership. Which is one of my <laughs> favorite parts of Game of Thrones when Jamie when Jamie Lannister gets his hand cut off oh, anytime yeah. you have a problem all you have to say is my father yeah. my father right <laughs> and he gets his fucking hand cut off so right great. you know and for those of us out there who really don't have those advantages and are out here busting our butts and trying to do every single thing that we can to get ahead and to yep. get a piece of the pie and to really be successful in this life right and to make a better life for our children you know when they when they come of age right you know what, what fucking children? Well, I'm not well, having any children. Well, okay, fuck well, that noise. That's that's a whole nother story. Right? <laughs> that's a whole nother story. But um, neither here nor there. But like, 
you know, you, you got to do what you got to do to get ahead. But like at the same time, you know, like, you, it, like, uh, like it, it, since this came out, is this now going to bring attention to nepotism in Fortune 500s? Nope. Nope. Is this going to bring out any other nepotism? Nope. Right? Like, just because I, th- I feel that the only reason that they got busted was because they're famous. Right. Because I think that there are so many CEOs of major corporations that are out there. Right. That are giving they're doing the exact same thing, but maybe doing it in a different way. Hey, I'm going to buy you a new gym. I'm going to buy you a new library. We're going to call it the fucking, you know, the Roanoke library or whatever the fuck. Right. And and we're going to call it whatever. And in return, you're going to get my kid into college. Now, is there something wrong with that? I know some people who would say there's nothing wrong with that. I know other people who say there is absolutely something wrong with that because you're taking the spot of somebody who deservingly deserves to be in that school and is maybe more qualified. Qualified to be in that school, yep. but they're not going to be admitted because you know, yep. because because you know this person who undeservedly uh, got in. Which is why all I'm going to say is that I know that you know the Ivy League schools have their their prestige surrounding them, and you supposedly get a better education. But let's be honest, I've known people that have gone to Stanford. I've known people that have gone to Yale, and they are some of the Dumbest motherfuckers I have ever met in my entire life. Absolutely. And and it you 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 go to in this day and age, it's not like it was, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago. In this day and age, you are only going to those schools for the reputation and the networking opportunities that come from it. I don't care what anybody says. And for the filtering process. Exactly. Because I know companies that are out there oh, yeah. that if, if on your resume you don't have either not only a bachelor's degree but sometimes a master's from some of these Ivy League schools, they will not even look at you. Yeah. Right? They will not look at you. They will not consider you. And it is nothing more than a filtering process. Yes. Right. And that is a shame because there are people out there who are extremely talented. Right. And they are extremely capable and they are not getting the placement in these companies simply because of the filtering process. Yeah. Right. Now, at the same time, now going back to what we were originally talking about with Charlotte Kirk. Now, she didn't have the advantages. Right? right. She didn't have the rich parents. She didn't have she wasn't you know, she didn't have an Ivy League education. This was literally her opportunity to grab the brass ring. Right. And she used her one good quality that she believed and it's unfortunate that she believed that that was her only good quality was that it was her looks right right and and her and her body right and she believed that that was her only good quality and so she tried to use what she saw as her best quality don't forget her well who knows (laughs) i mean she didn't maybe she wasn't that good because she didn't get placed in any good movies (laughs) so so, like, you know, <laughs> so I mean, well, see, that's where I think sort of like to, mean, bring it, to bring it back to the acting side. That's where I think it is. I think where it's you know where like you can you know in in the corporate world you can totally skate by on minimum effort. I've seen people do it. Absolutely. But when it comes to acting, you know, if you get cast in a role, whether it's the 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 a, the, a big role or a small role, if people don't like you in that role. You can keep on getting cast until the day you die, and if people continue to not like you, it, you're not going to be successful. It's a little bit like you know the 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 box office speaks a little bit louder than you know the fucking boardroom sometimes. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. So that's yeah. why I, that's what I think it comes down to at the end of the day. It doesn't really matter how attractive she was, how many blowies she gave Kevin uh, Su- Sujihara. 
Yeah. She just apparently doesn't seem to be that good of an actress. You know, you know, it actually it reminds me of She's a like, really funny scene from uh, from Airheads. Remember in Airheads when uh, oh god yeah when the one the one they shut down the radio station the blonde girl because she puts her hand and she yeah she does all those blowjobs for nothing (laughs) right that's like a comical scene now that's from back in the nineties that was probably what ninety four ninety five yeah ninety four ninety five something like that something like that right and and she was talking about how she got to her position (laughs) right right which is and again we're not saying that it is a common thing we're saying it's a very atypical thing we're saying it's a very uncommon thing (laughs) we're saying that it is something that happens occasionally or but it does happen it does happen right and it, and it's and it's for those people who believe that they don't have any other advantages and they try and use everything that they can and do anything that they can to get ahead exactly right? and to get the job done right and to make themselves successful right and to get to that position that they want to be in right and so like well what are you, what are you going to do Right, like this is something that's been happening for decades. It's going to continue to happen, and and maybe this will shed some more light on it. You know, maybe this will bring to to light all of the different uh, ways that this happens. But I still think that you know more than just I again. I, I think that the biggest problem was that they were famous. I think that all the people that got busted was because they were famous, and none of the people that got busted were like. We're like CEOs oh, or executives, right? Oh, you're just talking about the college admissions. Scandal. Well, I'm talking about everything. I was talking. I was going. I was going to say. I think. It, I think if this is this whole scandal is anything, any proof for us now, we we know the real reason behind the DC disaster. It's because the CEO of Warner Brothers couldn't be bothered to pay attention to what was going on with this movie studio because he's too busy getting sucked off in the back boardroom. Yeah, like, right. Fucking like, a. <laughs> he's probably just doing nose beers and he's getting blowies, dude. And he's just like, yeah. He's like, he's doing, you know, like he's sitting up late at night, two o'clock in the morning. He's like, you know what we need in Batman versus Superman? <laughs> Doomsday. <laughs> like, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, so it's exactly so, what happened. So, it's exactly uh, how I see it. The DC disaster. Uh, That's what we're calling it from now on. Hashtag yeah. DC disaster. Hashtag DC disaster. But all right, enough about DC. Let's talk about something that uh, might not be a disaster in our favorite weekly segment called "Will It Suck." Okay, so this week on Will It Suck, we want to talk about uh, the giant monster movie, Godzilla. King of the Monsters. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. It is a sequel to uh, the first Godzilla movie that came out a few years ago. Um, Which was technically the second Godzilla movie, if we're counting that Matthew Broderick piece of shit from the nineties. Wasn't one? there one other one too? I don't know. I think I don't I remember. There was, there was, I don't remember that one. I remember, we're, we're, you're talking about the one with uh, Brian Cranston, right? Well, that was the that was the first one, right? Right. That's what this is a sequel of, right? Right. But I'm, I'm right. saying there, there was the, the, Matthew, right, the Broderick Matthew Broderick movie, movie from which the nineties. Yeah, it was a standalone where Godzilla. Horrid. Godzilla. Horrid. What a horrid movie. <laughs> the only way I can describe the way Godzilla looked in that movie was. 90s. Yeah, he was a giant lizard. <laughs> was 90s. Like, he, he, he looked didn't 90s. look like Godzilla, yeah. right? And it didn't have any of the feel oh, of Godzilla. Man. Whereas the first Godzilla movie in this quote unquote, like let's say, series of movies, I really enjoyed. I liked it too. I really I liked, liked it. it. I, I thought it was really cool. It had a lot of the original feel. Now I am a big fan of kaiju movies, right? I'm, oh yeah. I'm a big fan of of Godzilla. I'm a big fan of Gamera. Um, and and the King of Monster movies and and all of that that happened in Japan. 
um, you know, back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, all throughout the, the decades. I'm a big fan of, of all of the um, giant robot versus monster movies. I mean, even Power Rangers, right? Totally. When we were kids, yeah, you know, those all the giant, from, yeah. Yeah, giant robots versus giant monsters. Yeah. Ultraman, I absolutely love Ultraman. I'm a huge fan of it. Pacific Rim. Right, Pacific Rim, awesome. Right? So, big fan of these movies. Now, this Godzilla movie, there's some really talented people that are in this movie. But is it going to be good? Or is it just going to be a giant monster action movie? Right? So, the first Pacific Rim, despite its problems, I really enjoyed. I love Charlie Hunan in it. I, I really loved... Um, uh, Idris Elba in it. I, I really loved, uh, you know, a lot of the different ways that they did the monsters. They did the giant robots. They told the story, but they they seemingly ended the story in that. The second yeah. Pacific Rim movie, right, that had John Boyega in yep. it, was not really that great, right? It was not great. It was. It was crazy and ham-fisted together and had all of these over-the-top ham-fisted tropes and. And it wasn't really that great, and I wasn't that big of a fan of it. Also agreed. You know? So will this movie... Now, this movie is trying to take it to the next level, as most sequels do. More action, bigger monsters, right? We're going to have, you know, all of the the big, big monsters that everybody has wanted to see in a mainstream Godzilla movie in this movie. Yeah. Right? So do you think that this movie is going to be any good? See, I'm questioning it only because the, the... So the story... Is I mean, not that you really need that much of a story, but I think one of the reasons, so like Pacific Rim is a good example. I think one of the reasons why Pacific Rim 2 was so not as good as the first one is because, like you said, the ending of the first Pacific Rim movie really had an element of finality to it where you didn't really think there was any room for a second movie. Right. Now, the first Godzilla movie, I will say that I... Don't, while it did have an element of that, I don't think it had the same feel as Pacific Rim. So what I'm getting at is, from what we've seen in the trailers, and again, story-wise, we there's very little we're seeing in the trailer. It seems the story that they're going for is that um, you know they've they they knew Godzilla existed, um, but now it appears that Godzilla is not only let's say the 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 one uh, the unique to his kind. There are other monsters just like him, right? And they're all battling for some type of supremacy, right? And they they and, had other monsters that that Godzilla fought in the first movie. Um, it wasn't just Godzilla, but it went from Godzilla being you know the the antagonist to now he's the right. protagonist. So, that, so that's which what I'm is, which is very which is similar to the way that they did it in the old movies. So that's why I think with this movie, I think the way they ended the first movie, I think it opens up um, the 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 door for more of these other monsters to make more sense. Because like again, in Pacific Rim two, it just literally felt like Pacific Rim two sucked for it felt like the same reason why Independence Day two sucked. Whereas like we thought we won. We were wrong. Like, but oh we, shit, there's more yeah. aliens. Oh yeah. It's like Pacific Rim too. Oh shit, there's more monsters. You know, right, even right. after we, even after Pacific Rim one, they literally dropped a nuke on like the nest of the. You know, so it, it just it, it, it that, that's why yeah, it felt even stupid. In the nest, in the in yeah, their like, in home, the home, yeah, and close the rip. Exactly. So so I say all that to say I think that it seems to me that God, this new Godzilla movie is focusing a little bit more on the storytelling. 
um, than movies like Pacific Rim 2 did, and I think that's going to be good for us. It seems like there's more of an element of, um, you know, dare I say, character development for Godzilla, which I know is like a ridiculous thing to say. Right. But like, you know, it seems like there's, they feel that there's some sort of like, a, um, you know, uh, uh, connection pet ownership connection between millie bobby brown's character yeah. and godzilla like she's yeah. going to be the one human on earth that can you know co like communicate with godzilla which is right stupid which, in and of and, itself and, and, and it takes from uh, stranger things where like is she going to have the telepathy or the telekinesis right. power that she had in stranger Th stranger things is that the only reason that millie bobby brown is now in this movie is to be that character like um <laughs> like uh, uh, Corey Feldman in that god awful Friday the Thirteenth movie where he had the oh, where he had the telekinesis god. power. Oh my god! <laughs> like, it was so bad. That was so I think it was bad. Like, I think it was like the fourth or fifth uh, Friday the Thirteenth movie so back bad. in the eighties. was like and, ten of them. Jesus. Yeah. And, well, and and Corey Feldman was like a young kid and he had the telekinesis yep. power. And they're like, you know, oh, you know, and he's the reason. He's the one that beats Jason. Right? Yeah, exactly. Or Billy Bobby Brown because she's got the telekinesis power <laughs> she's the one who controls godzilla exactly she can work into godzilla you know, and, and, and like to be that. perfectly honest i think what if they want to make a really awesome godzilla movie and really take some awesome cues not so much from the original godzilla series but from just other anime things in general Make Millie Bobby Brown like the, like the same way they did um in Into the Spider Verse with the the anime character that controlled the robot. Oh, like yeah. make her that kind of character. Like yeah. yes, yes, she can control Godzilla. Yeah, she's got some they special right power. Say it. Like yeah, like that's yeah. her ability. That's yeah. what makes her unique. And then you can have this whole subplot about one of the plots of the movie is keeping making sure that she's safe because she's our key to controlling Godzilla right. who can beat all these other right. monsters. Not like, unlike King Kong, right? right? Where he has the blonde girl that is like he's in love with her, right? For some weird reason. And and, <laughs> and so like he does everything to try and protect and save her. If if Godzilla has that kind of kinship with Millie Bobby Brown, I think that could be a cool angle. That's right? what I want to say. I want to see the ending to this movie. Oh my god, the ending to the gut to Godzilla. I want to see this. Godzilla's like up against the ropes. He's got what was the the the, the six headed or like the three headed fucking uh, uh, is that the, Rodan? The, the, Rodan or like the yeah. Megalodon, like whatever. Yeah, it is. yeah, like, yeah. I, I just want to no, see. Yeah, Rodan is the other one. Yeah, and then yeah. There's Mothra's Mothra. Mothra. I know Mothra's in it. I think Megalodon's more than yeah, the Mothra. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I want to see the ending to this right. movie. I want the ending of this movie to be exactly this. You've got um, you've got Godzilla about to like be killed by let's call it Megalodon or one of the other monsters. And then Millie Bobby Brown, she, like, can't do anything to save him. And then throughout the entire movie, you've got this other, like, kid character who's friends with Millie Bobby Brown. And then all of a sudden, when the Megalodon is ready to, to lay down the final blow on Godzilla, <laughs> King Kong, RKO out of nowhere, and just like, bam! And then the movie ends with, like, King Kong and Godzilla just standing over, like, the other dead monsters. Like the tag team and they, they, like, yeah, like the the they, like, fist bump, like, the fucking tag team champions. That's, just, like... You gotta go absolutely ridiculous. You just go over the top. <laughs> like, like, you know how, like, the, somebody will come down with a steel chair, King Kong comes in with, like, a piece of a bridge, and just, like, smacks him in the back, you know? 
And he fucking stomps around, like he yeah. holds up. He's like, yeah, yeah. Well, see, and I think that's what's going to happen with Rodan, who's the the pterodactyl. If I yeah, pterodactyl. Yeah. yeah, And then Mothra, obviously. I think they're who were the bad guys in the last one are now going to be the good guys in this one, and then it's going to be the three of them fighting against the Mega face Star turn, <laughs> the yeah. face turn, it's baby, the, it's the face turn. You know, and they're gonna they're gonna create the uh, the face faction, uh, oh, the man. king of the monsters, the monster faction, the monster baby, faction against Megalodon. Right? <laughs> and then and then when do we get when do we get Mecha Godzilla? Right? Oh God! Which, which you know whatever. Man, whatever. I no. So will it suck? Uh, a resounding yes. Yeah, it's probably wow. gonna suck. <laughs> resounding yes. But it's gonna be I so think. enjoyable at the it'll, same time. It'll, it'll be one of those movies that definitely. Uh, I probably won't see in the theater, but I probably will watch it as soon as it comes out on HBO yeah. or or whatever on Netflix, 100%. hopefully, or, or whatever other yeah. uh, streaming service it comes out on. Totally, right? But it will, will it suck? Most likely. Most likely. Most likely. Most likely. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, we talked last week during our weekly segment um, about the fact that we could easily predict who the uh, winner of the week was going to be yes. for the next several weeks. Yes. But we stand semi-corrected on that. Yeah. Semi. Only because this week – well, first, let's get the obvious out of the way. Captain Marvel crushed it for the second week yeah, in a crushed, row. Yeah, absolutely crushed. Two no weeks, other movie Two weeks, number one. Even remotely close. Yeah. And it's already it, – it's, it's already – Broken, uh, I think, like eight hundred million. Yeah, and it's, and it's eyeing a billion dollars. That's yeah, what they're saying. Totally. It's eyeing a billion yeah. dollars. Um, now, this week is interesting because the only movie coming out this week that anybody should care about is the new Jordan Peele movie called Us, Us. which we talked about this trailer weeks ago. Yep, and we think this movie looks fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, so Jordan Peele has got really like. Uh, I mean, he's he's really started to touch on something where he's got he, huge street cred right now. Yeah, like, he's got huge. real good street cred. He, you know, Keen Peel has been in an incredible show, and then um, with um, uh, the last movie get out. that he did, Get Out, was absolutely incredible. And we keep talking about high concept horror, right? Yep. Which is exactly what this is. It's very high concept horror. Yeah, and it looks absolutely terrifying yeah right which a lot of people are coming out there and calling this a thriller this is not a thriller no, this is 100 percent a horror movie 100 percent a horror movie and you know and i think it's going to be really good and i'm really excited about it however am i going to go see this movie in the theater is it good enough for me to see it in the theater 100 it will be 100 uh, it will be I, I but i don't know if i'm going to go see it in the theater i'm definitely if it's even a fraction as good as get out was it will be enjoyable I, but here's but, here's the thing though yeah just because you're not going to go see it, there's going to be a lot of a people lot of that people are going to see this. Right. So I'm going to make a bold prediction for this week. And the only reason I'm making this prediction is because it's Captain Marvel's third week. And again, not to, to touch on the cultural element here, this is not just a regular horror movie. Yeah. This is a regular horror movie written and directed by a prominent black writer and director. Successful. 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 Featuring a predominantly black cast yeah and that says something nowadays and it looks and amazing especially looks considering amazing. that especially considering how successful get get out was right i think that given the fact that this is captain marvel's third week at the box office i think that us is going to not by a lot be captain marvel this week so i'm gonna disagree with you 
I'm going to go the other way, and I think that Captain Marvel is going to take this week. But I think that you are correct, and I think it's going to be a very close race. Yeah. My prediction is very similar to um, the uh, How to Train Your Dragon 3 and the Medea movie. Right. When one made $27 million and the other made $25 million. Just right I think, there. I think that's what we're looking at. I think, I think Us is going to be right around the $25 million range. And I think that Captain Marvel will make another uh, $27 million this, this week. Yeah. Right? Domestically. Right? And I, I and I think that's it. You know? I'm, I would love to see an upset, but I just don't think that it's going to happen. Yeah, totally. So let's so let's see how this week plays out. We're very excited about it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, just want to apologize, too, for uh, not getting the episodes up in time. Just kidding. I'm not sorry. Go fuck <laughs> No. We were no. on a bit of a vacation. Yeah. I was in Florida getting to yeah, him. We were getting drunk for St. Patty's Day. Like, to, you can fucking uh, wait for us, wait, you know. So. Yeah. yeah, we're a two-man operation. You, know, you can wait for us. You can wait on our time, yeah. and then go listen to our go listen to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, so thanks as always for being here with us on this journey. Thanks for being here and listening and spending your time with us. Hopefully, um, you know you got a lot out of this episode. But we'd love to hear your thoughts. Let us know what you think. You know, let us know your opinions on both the college scandal as well as this this whole scandal with. Um, uh, Kevin uh, Sujihara, right? And like, let us know about you know what you guys think, right? We we want to know, we want to hear from you guys. Um, and as always, stay tuned, true reviewers. Yeah.